listeners, and welcome to the very last episode of Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate was a bi-weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. Let's take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. Well, listeners, we've done it. Episode 60. And to help celebrate 60 episodes of mythology, folklore, and cryptids, let's take a look at some of the most compelling stories of close encounters of the creature kind that didn't quite make it into the past episodes. Because everyone has a story about that one time they saw Bigfoot, but some stories are just too specific to ignore. For example, What about those accounts by people who in the best-case scenario have no reason to lie, and in the worst-case scenario could actually be negatively impacted by their own story? On April 30th, 1918, the British naval ship Coriopsis was patrolling the North Atlantic, off the coast of Ireland, when, suddenly, they were met with an enemy vessel. But not just any vessel. An enemy submarine one of the most deadly ships in the World War I naval scene. But strangely, this submarine, a German vessel called the UB-85, was floating on the surface of the ocean. And when they were met with the Coriopsis crew, the crew of the UB-85 surrendered without a struggle and were taken aboard with no resistance. The submarine's captain, Gunter Kretsch, was questioned about his ship's unusual behavior and with great reluctance he explained that the submarine had surfaced the night before to recharge, when suddenly, they had been struck by something unknown, with tremendous force. As the crew tried to assess the vessel for damage, something breached the surface of the ocean off their starboard bow. Captain Kretsch described it as, a strange beast with a small head, glistening teeth, and a horny skull. The creature hefted itself onto the starboard bow of the submarine, damaging the forward deck plating of the sub. Unable to submerge with the damaged plating, the crew shot at the creature with their sidearms until it slid back into the ocean. This, I should mention, is by no means the only account of a ship encountering a monster during war times either. Earlier in the same war, World War I, on July 30th, 1915, A German submarine called the U-28 successfully sank a British ship called the Iberian. The crew of the U-28 watched as the other ship sank beneath the surface, when suddenly, there was an explosion under the water. Something in the sinking ship had ignited, and the percussive force of the explosion sent pieces of the defeated ship shooting back up into the air, along with something else. The commander of the ship, Friar Georgi von Forstner wrote of the site, the wreckage remained beneath the water for approximately 25 seconds, when suddenly there was a violent explosion, which shot pieces of debris, among them a gigantic aquatic animal, out of the water to the height of approximately 80 feet. The creature was observed by the entire crew, and accounts describe it as an aquatic crocodile about 60 feet long, with four limbs and a long, tapered tail. 
the creature was wounded by the explosion, and after thrashing violently on the surface, sank out of sight. The entire sighting was reported by Forstner to his superiors. It's interesting to note that Forstner's description of the creature is very reminiscent of a mosaosaur, a prehistoric species of marine reptile, the existence of which was unlikely to be common knowledge in that time period. These sightings by military personnel were not just limited to the ocean, either. In 1959, during World War II, a Belgian fighter pilot stationed in the Katanga region of the Congo, Colonel Remy Van Leerd, was flying back to base when he spotted a massive shape moving on the forest floor below him. Fearing enemy troop movement, Leerd flew lower to get a better idea of what the movement could be. It was on the second pass that Leard realized the movement in the forest was one connected thing, in the shape of a humongous snake, slithering out of a hole in the ground. Leard made several passes over the massive snake, and his co-pilot snapped a picture. Studies done of the photo have estimated the animal to be anywhere from 40 to 100 feet long. The African rock python, the largest snake in the African continent, only reaches about 20 feet in length. Of course, encounters with abnormally large snakes in Africa are not unique to the Congo. Further south in South Africa, there is a specific hole in the ground that's said to be the home to another sort of massive snake creature. Only to see this one, you'll have to come to it. The Grootslang is an ancient creature that is reported to live in a deep cave near Richtersveld, South Africa. Legend has it that the Grootslang was one of the gods' first creations. They gave their new creation tremendous strength, cunning, and intellect. The Grootslangs prospered, but they were tyrants over all other animals, including man. The gods, realizing their mistake, split the Grootslangs, dividing the creatures into the first elephants and snakes. But one escaped. And now it lives in a cave that is reported to be chock full of diamonds ripe for the taking, if you're brave or foolish enough. The cavern, also called the bottomless pit, or the wonder hole, is thought to be so deep and long that it connects to the ocean 40 miles away. The Grootslang, like the European dragon, has a healthy appreciation for gemstones, especially diamonds, and so it guards the center of the cavern where the most diamonds can be found. Grootslangs primarily eat elephants that they lure into their cavern, although they are apparently not opposed to killing and eating humans that find their way into the cavern, too. Luckily, if you happen to carry around precious stones as your hobby, the Grootslang can be persuaded to release its victims if they offer it enough gemstones in return. And this would be a really cool legend, if that's all it was. But reports still come in of witnesses seeing tracks three feet wide on the banks of the nearby Orange River, or even seeing the creature itself, which has been described as being 40 feet long. One group of prospectors even claimed to have followed the track of the Grootslang for miles, before it disappeared into the river. Its most notable encounter, though, was with English businessman Peter Grayson in 1917. Grayson was a prospector and a treasure hunter who gathered a party to scout the bottomless pit 
as a potential area for prospecting, despite warnings from the people who lived in the area. Grayson disappeared after members of his party were attacked and injured by lions outside of the mouth of the cave, prompting the story that, without his party, Grayson went into the cavern alone, and the Grootslang took care of the intruder itself. Of course, you don't have to be a treasure hunter or have military training to see something unusual. People throughout the world have encounters with Sasquatch-like creatures, whether it be the Yeti in the Himalayas, the Yowie in Australia, or the multitude of skunk ape and grassman and Bigfoot sightings throughout North America. And those are all very interesting, and some of them are just unusual enough to make you wonder about the possibility of an undiscovered species of primate. But let's face it, you've probably heard all about Sasquatch, and hominids are not really our thing on Monsters Advocate. So for our final guest, let's meet the upright canines of North America, and the Beast of Bray Road. Throughout the United States and Canada, reports of creatures that look like wolf-bear hybrids and stand upright on their hind limbs pop up with enough frequency that a cryptozoologist named Linda Godfrey has coined the term upright canines to describe sightings of werewolf-like creatures. Some people theorize that these creatures are a new species of canine. Some people theorize that these creatures are Native American skinwalkers. And some people theorize that these creatures are people running around in werewolf costumes. But whatever the case, there is nowhere that upright canine sightings have occurred with more frequency than the 1990s sightings of the Beast of Bray Road. The first sighting occurred on the rainy evening of October 31st, 1999. A young woman named Doristine Gibson, from Elkhorn, Wisconsin, was driving along a stretch of road called Bray Road, near Delavon, Wisconsin. She leaned over to change the station on her radio, when she felt her right front tire bump along the road as if she had hit something. Concerned, she stopped her car and got out to see what she had hit. As she peered into the darkness, she suddenly saw a dark, hairy creature running toward her. From a distance of about 50 feet, she could tell that the figure was quite bulky, and she would later compare the creature's form to that of a bodybuilder. Startled by the speed and the heavy footfalls of the oncoming animal, Doristine retreated to her car. She jumped in and attempted to drive away, but the creature was faster pouncing onto the trunk of her car. Luckily for Dorstein, her car was slick from the rain, and as she hit the gas, the animal fell off onto the pavement. Dorstein had no idea what she'd seen, but regardless, she had something few cryptid encounters do, physical evidence. She told a friend about the encounter the next day, and showed her the long, deep scratches on her car. And, as it so often does, word got out. This sighting prompted more and more local people to share their own encounters with the beast. A year before Dorstein's sighting, one night in the fall of 1989, a 24-year-old bar manager, Lorraine Endrizzi, was rounding a curve on Bray Road when she saw a person hunched over on the side of the road. Concerned that someone was in trouble, 
she slowed down, staring into the dark at the figure on the passenger side of the car. She was no more than six feet away. The creature looked up, its eyes reflecting yellow in the scattered light from the car's headlights. Lorraine stated that she clearly saw a beast with grayish-brown hair, fangs, and pointed ears. She described the creature's face as long and snouty, like a wolf. She went on to add that one of the creature's most distinctive features were its unusual arms. They were jointed at the wrists and elbows like a human's, and the animal seemed to be holding a piece of roadkill with its palms upward similar to a person cupping water in their hands. The creature's paws ended in human-like fingers, with claws at the end. Lorraine did not notice any sort of tail, but did say that she could make out the animal's back legs, and they were behind it, like a person kneeling. In total, the sighting lasted for about 45 seconds. So what should we make of the unknown that lurks so close to our routine, scheduled lives? What should we make of the beasts of Prey Road, and the unknown animals of the ocean, and the known animals lurking in places that we know of, but dare not go? What happens when something that seems impossible decides to interrupt our very possible plans? Well, to be honest, I don't know. Not really. I've never had an encounter with something that I couldn't explain. But if it happened tomorrow, I'd like to think that I would at least be open to the experience. Take a minute, write down what I saw, and realize how very much humanity still has to learn. That's it for Close Encounters. I hope you've enjoyed this episode, and if you're curious, You can find more show notes at the side of a darkened country road. And I hope I have made you curious. Some of the Beast of Bray Road sightings I couldn't fit are downright spooky. And at the end of the road, a very warm thank you to the person who produced the intro, outro, and score for this episode. The man, the myth, the legend, Scott Ethington. Find more of his work at Bazooka Raccoon on SoundCloud.com. It's been an honor, Scott. And finally, my hardest goodbye. Dear listeners, thanks for sticking with me for 60 episodes of Monsters Advocate. I hope you've enjoyed it, because I have so enjoyed making them for you. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, anyone can be a monster. <laughs>